What would it be like day in and day out for four years to train hard, to go after it every single day, all day long, to push yourself, to push your limits, to grow, to accelerate, to move, all for just 18 seconds of your life? Well, welcome to Monday morning, because we're about to find out. Uh, 322, we're throwing fire. Imagine if every moment of every day was unscheduled, unknown, and uncertain. Where you had to choose between your life and the life of another. Where you were deployed somewhere in the world to face an unknown threat and an unseen enemy. This is the podcast designed to serve those who serve us. So join me as we unpack and uncover why we do what we do when we do it from life's most extreme moments. I'm your host, Jeff Fanman, and this is Mindset Radio. All right, so before we start today's show, I'm going to show some love over to my sponsors, Brute Force Training. Listen, if you haven't picked up a sandbag yet and trained with it, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. I picked mine up about a year ago and haven't put it down since. It is absolutely one of the best training programs I have seen out there. And, you know, not only that, these guys are a phenomenal company. I mean, they actually care about us and what we do and how we do it. So listen, do me a favor, go over to BruteForceTraining.com, show them some love, pick up a sandbag, get to work, and train accordingly. Now, let's get on with today's episode. All right, welcome to this Monday morning episode of Mindset Radio. Really looking forward to this week. With me today, my guest and my friend, former U.S. Olympian athlete, uh, a U.S. national champion, four-time USA national champion, silver medalist, as well as a Pan American Games silver medalist. And on top of all of that, a former Air Force Special Operations Combat Controller, Mike Hazel. What's going on, my man? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me. Uh Damn good to hear from you. Dude, thanks for coming on the show. I mean, I, I really appreciate it. You know, you and I have known each other now for a couple of years. And, you know, I want to share with the audience that like Mike is, Mike to me is the guy that's on, like always on. Like if you need to get shit done, you show up at a fob somewhere, show up at an embassy, show up at a base, show up and need something done. Like Hazel is your dude to get shit done, period. I mean, this guy <laughs> Mike, you're also wrapped a little tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To my own detriment yeah. sometimes. I'm learning though. I'm learning. Yeah, dude, you're you're definitely learning. You're yeah. definitely learning. But listen, today, uh, on today's episode, what I really want to do is talk about what it looks like, what you've learned, you know, because Listen, it's one thing if you spend your life in the military or the fire service or, or as a law enforcement officer, but you know, you've had a pretty cool career and it takes something to be an Olympian, to operate at the levels that you've operated at from those worlds, as well as for those of you that don't know it, I mean, the Air Force Special Operations, Combat Controller, Pararescue Programs, I mean, some of the most difficult ones out there, period. Some of the most challenging ones out there to get through. So really what I want to talk about is how how do these guys how do they, how does my audience uh who's out there still doing their job every day what are the things that can put them in the best condition possible for the moment they're facing and the next moment that might be coming i mean that's kind of where i want the conversation to go does that make sense yeah, absolutely 
Yeah. Uh, well, let's see if I can go down the rabbit hole here. Um, <laughs> Dude, go. I think um, probably some of the most valuable lessons that I learned uh, throughout my athletic career, some of them were big, big lessons and uh, the highest, uh, you know, the highest level competition, such as the Olympic Games and World Championships. And then, um, you know, getting into, you know, high, high stress situations and uh, combat environments is <clears throat> the difference between preparing and over preparing possibly mm. um when you prepare to such an immaculate extent where like everything has to be perfect sometimes you over obsess on things and you uh spend things uh that are out of your control you try to make them into your control and that just causes undue stress and uh and, and for me uh you know if i if i digress and i go all the way back to my uh, my Olympic athletic career, I think one of the biggest things that I learned was um, I heard her, I heard the world record say one time, once you get to an, a major competition, a world championship, an Olympic games, whatever it may be, you, when you wake up that morning and you get out of bed, you got what you got. There's very, mm-hmm. there's very minimal changes that you can make on the day of when your preparation right. has been, you know, four years prior. And uh, the way he termed it is, you know, someone asked him, how do you deal with the stress? How do you deal with the, the pressure of, you know, competing on the world's largest stage? Uh, you know, and you have essentially three throws that comes down to about 18 seconds of work for a four-year buildup. And, <laughs> and it, 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 was, it was the most awesome quote ever. The guy, he's sitting there, he took a drag of a cigarette and he goes, I just pushed print. <laughs> I love that. It, it was rad. I like, I heard that unfortunately after it was way too late for me. Uh, yeah. but, uh, that, that absolutely resonates with me today where I'm at. Um, you know, as I've transitioned out of athletics and out of the military is as long as you prepare properly, which goes into kind of what you and I are trying to do, like on the backside of this stuff, which is, you know, mm-hmm. enhance people's ability to prepare for what they're going to embark on on a day to day basis. As long yeah. as you prepare properly, you can lay your head down at, at, and go to bed at night knowing that the money's in the bank, the hay's in the barn. And then when it comes time to execute, you're going to be able to push print and you're going to be able to be just fine. You don't have to stress yeah, you, about Yeah, you just kind of – You just go yeah, you got to get you yourself train, to a place where yeah, you just let it yeah, go. Yep, yeah, your training yeah. takes over and you don't worry about the things that you can't control. And so – I think that was one of my most valuable lessons as an athlete, obviously as an operator going through the pipeline and the stresses and everything that are, that are put upon you in, in, you know, simulated combat, um, which in, in any, any SEAL, Ranger, ODA, Marsoc guy, I'll tell you is probably a little bit worse than real combat, uh, because the, the scenarios that are putting on that they're in, placed upon you are impossible scenarios and they're built that way. Um, sure. and, and so I think, um, sometimes obsessing and stressing about the things that may come in environments like that um, can do undue stress on the body, you know, influxes of cortisol. And that's just a complete performance crusher. It does everything from ruin your sleep to drop your testosterone to reduce your ability to recover. It's, it's an absolute nightmare. And, um, you know, some of the easiest ways to combat cortisol is just stress reduction. Focus, yeah. fo- focusing on what you can control and not letting all the, ex- you know, the external factors about what is all the, the what ifs and, and how do I's and all these things creep into your head at night when you're trying to go to bed. Um, well, not even at night, but I mean, even in the course of action, right? So this oh, is yeah. that, 
this is that place where you kind of watch guys, you know, really wrapped tight, wrapped around the axle and some things that are trying to control the situation as it is unfolding. You know, they're trying to dominate and own what's happening rather than just kind of finding the flow oh, yeah. in that moment, right? And pushing print and letting it go. It's like when you leave the aircraft, you know, like the Brits always said, hey, you just take the landing that's coming to you, right? I mean, once you've left the aircraft, you know, you're going to land. You just better Yeah, take you're going you to got. hit the ground one way or the other. I promise yeah. you, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and if you're not, if you're not available to what comes up, right? If you're, occupied and i would assume and i'm just going to make this assumption and, and feed it back to me but i would assume like if you look back at the olympic games if you look back at competing at those levels that you've competed at you know there's a lot of expectation and like you said it's you know it's a lot of work to a moment in time where you know you transition that into the military or the fire service the law enforcement community it's like you know that time's going to come any minute right now like somebody could literally stop this podcast and be in a shooting running into a burning building saving somebody's life you know whatever it may be so yeah. you know those moments are going to be there constantly uh, and if we let things like expectation creep in or uh, worry or doubt or you know all those things you know culminate in that moment in time then we're just not simply available to what's happening exactly yep 100 agree and, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's funny as you and I, are, you know, we're talking here and we're kicking over ideas. You know, I, I kind of reflect back on something that helped that you actually helped me with several years ago when I was in Afghanistan and I was having a hard time. You know, mm. you and I are shooting text messages back and forth and I'm telling you the things that are going on in my head. And you're kind of telling me the things that you've dealt with in the past and something that yeah. we kind of uh, draw the reflection to was that whole maladaptive stress response which is, mm -hmm. is, is, is forecasting future events, which may or may not occur, occur or trying to replay events in your head that have happened in the past that you can't change and the effects that that has on your current state of readiness. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, I remember the analogy that was used to me was, hey, you know, a, a zebra is out grazing in the field and all of a sudden he gets chased by a lion. Oh, he panics like hell. He runs like hell and he gets away. Well, a few minutes later... He goes back to grazing in the field and he just lets it go and he gets on with his life. And I think yeah. some, I think sometimes, you know, as, as, as operators, as, as first responders, as guys who are putting themselves into harm's danger on a day to day basis, um, you know, the thing that's made us really good at our job is we're able to learn from our mistakes in the past and possibly forecast potential stressors in the future. But that can also be our biggest weakness as far as letting that type of preparation spin out of control and, mm -hmm. and keep us from being able to perform in the moment and just rely on your training, rely on your intuition. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's kind of, it's kind of crazy when I hear you talk about that is because I, I remember like it was yesterday, you and I were talking about it, you know, yeah. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember when you reached out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So you were, you were a javelin thrower. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is cool when you, when you even begin to look at that, right, the ability to release, you know, I mean, like, you know, four years of preparation, like you said, for 18 seconds, right? Just the ability to, you know, move through your process and then release that thing into the air. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there is, uh, there's a, there's a place there to be that that is, 
you know, somewhat of a symbolism for, you know, how we can function at a better level. You know, yeah. I mean, it is really, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me as we're talking about this. I'm sitting here just kind of like having my own little epiphanies of like, how often did I try to, uh, force an outcome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. force something to go a certain way mm-hmm. and the conditions just weren't going to have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? The yeah. house was already too far gone or situation just you know, was beyond our control or whatever, you know, whatever it was. And we want to produce this outcome because that's what we want. But at the end of the day, we're almost fighting against it rather than going with it. And going with it is the thing that will actually enable us to produce the outcome that we want to produce. Yep. And I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head when you're talking about going with it, because it's something that you referenced at the very beginning of this, which is the flow. Uh, And so if you were to, you know, ask me to rewind to my athletic days and my best throws and my best competitions, you know, what did it feel like? What was the, you know, people asking all the time. Well, if you could recreate that every single time, obviously you'd be an Olympic gold medalist world championship. You'd be the, you'd be a millionaire. You you would have the, you know, the, that, that answer that everybody's looking for. But the one thing, the one thing that I do remember is when I was at my peak performance levels, which was usually sometimes around national championship time, when I had to go bang with the best in the country just to make the Olympic team or the world championship team, I, I vividly remember, vividly remember a feeling, not detail. And the Mm. feeling was the feel of ease and a flow. And it was almost like tunnel vision. It was almost like the crowd didn't exist and everything was as that, that Olympic uh, champion and world record holder would say was on print just push print. It was kind of on yeah. control. I wasn't fighting, you know, the wind or the weather or the rain. I wasn't fighting the external cir- circumstances. I was just kind of in my own zone reacting to what came up to me at that time. And I think, um, the same thing would, would hold true for, for, uh, you know, a first responder, firefighter, special operator, anybody who really, really, gets down into the weeds and and, uh, gets into a stressor event, as they're calling it, is there's a bit of a black hole where you just go into flow. And I think going into flow is a direct response of being able to train and prepare properly. Um, I have a million, as I'm sure most other people do, examples of where I was in a stressful environment and I wasn't prepared properly. And I was (laughs) the fucking opposite of flow. And I was yeah. shit sandwich city, Panicville, yeah. trying to, you know, finger fuck my radio, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, I'm completely panicked. And that, to me, that's a product of not being prepared. Um, right. And I think everybody can relate to that. You know, if everybody. Well, and, I don't, and, and I'll challenge you a little bit. I'm going to interrupt you. I don't know if that's fully a product of not being prepared mm-hmm. or that's not a, that's a that's a byproduct of not trusting yourself or trusting where you are. Right. I mean, that's I can see that. I I watch that. You know, yeah, man, I watch that. I watch guys who, you know, because you have guys and I've talked about this before on the on the show, you know, this this whole idea that, you know, that are somehow our knowledge and abilities, the things we learn in the schoolhouse or the things we collect dictate the results we can produce. And that's not really the case because you and I both know guys who are, you know, phenomenally schooled out. You know, they got everything, every freaking thing under the sun 
but out in the world, they're not producing the results you would expect them then to yeah. produce. Performing and then flip yeah. that. Yeah. And then flip yeah. that, you know, guys that are like, you know, not the fastest, you know, they're a little doughy or a little loafy or a little cushy. They're not the fastest or not the PD stud. They're not the yeah. smartest guys out there, but for some reason, smooth operators, <laughs> dude, they're just like, they're like the the dream world operator, right? They're yeah. like you're looking, you're looking at this guy going, yeah. "How the fuck can you do that?" Because you know, yeah. I knew you back in the schoolhouse, and yeah. you were an idiot, you know. Yeah, but absolutely. but I think there's so I think that there's this 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 it, it, we're going back to this same thing. It's that that willingness to just kind of be available to what's happening and then get into the flow with it, man. I know exactly. I know the exact feeling you're talking about, yeah. and it's and then it's like magic. It's like Okay. Wow. That really just happened. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. So what, what have you, like, what are some of the top things you've probably taken away like day in and day out, you know, cause you're a freaking Adonis, you're a workout fiend, you know, you're, <laughs> you're the, you're the quintessential operator, good looking dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, how do you day in and day out, right? Because I think sometimes the day in and day out can become the grind and yep. become the distraction for stuff. How do you find moments of, you know, motivation or how do you keep yourself on? How do you keep yourself kind of yeah, great moving? Um, uh, I, I, think, I think it's probably a combination of things. Um, I, I honestly, I think there has to be some, some genetics and some hard wiring from when you were a kid. Um, you know, whatever, whatever environment or circumstance you were brought up in and whatever you saw and whatever you emulated, I think will hardwire what you're conditioned to aspire to as you get older. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily have anything back in my childhood that I can put my finger on that would have driven me to do what I've done today. Um, yeah. And trust me, I've had thousands of opportunities to try to figure that out with all the therapy and crap that I've been through. Um, and I, 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 I mean, I, I like to think I had a pretty good upbringing. You know, my parents are still together and I have a great relationship yeah. with my mom and my dad. And I don't think that there was anything that, you know, that necessarily in my childhood that pushed me to have this like perfectionist gene. But the one thing that I do know, uh, is that I have continually held myself to a higher standard than what normal society would hold themselves to. Um, whether it was academics or athletics or nutrition or aesthetics with your body, whatever it may be, I've just been mm -hmm. obsessed with the, the 1%. And I don't know yeah. if, because there's some deep seated la la foo foo. I'm not good enough <laughs> type complex. I, who knows? Who knows? It could be in there somewhere and I just haven't found it yet, but I like I've to think the guys that, that could hook you up, man. I go bet you it. do. Holy shit. I bet you do. Yeah. You sit me down on that pillow. I'll go deep down the rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man, but like on my, on my, what I, what I do know, um, is what I had and have had since I was a kid is long-term goal. And I had short term, you know, I don't want to say you know, goals isn't the, uh, it's not a good word. You know, goals, goals yeah, is just I, an excuse for you to like fuck check the box and make an sure. excuse if you fail. So I, I, I had deep seated, uh, needs that I needed to accomplish. And, um, uh, and those were, you know, just solely 
individual needs, things that I needed to check boxes for to make myself feel, uh, you know, accomplished. And, um, I think I had, you know, all these short term, um, kind of check marks along the way that I would kind of hold myself accountable to. I remember like when I was an athlete, I was like, Hey, I'd like to make the NCAA championships. And the second I made the NCAA championships, I was like, well, I would like to qualify for us championships. And then from where it went to, to, you know, us Olympic trials and from the Olympic trials, it was like, Hey, I want to make the Olympic team, then the world championship team. And then, Hey, I want medals. And it became, you know, it just, it just kept going and going. I was never, ever satisfied with like the next level. And it wasn't until, I actually, oh, this is a good kind of a good segue. It's kind of just talked itself into it. Um, it wasn't until, um, you know, I, I talk about this in, in several other speeches and stuff that I've given is, uh, it wasn't until I was at the actual, actual pinnacle of athletics. And, um, you know, I was at the Olympic Games, at the World Championships, at the World Cup, and I was surrounded by people who had everything that I thought I wanted which was the Olympic medals, the world championship medals, all the sponsors in the world, the fancy sports cars and trucks, the supermodel girlfriends, all the money in the world. And I remember looking at them and thinking, you have nothing that I want. I don't want to be anything <clears throat> like you. I don't like you as a person. I don't like what you stand for. I don't like your morals. I don't like your integrity. This is what I've been aspiring to do. This fucking sucks. I need to change my perception in the world and I need to go after something different. And that was kind of at the same time that my whole aspirations to be in the military like you know went on hyperdrive uh, yeah. so i think what i learned from that you know is uh you know worldly possessions like you know trying to keep up with the joneses and stuff like that you know who's got the biggest truck and the biggest car and you know who's got the most money and the most toys and all that kind of shit are very shallow shallow aspirations and what really fucking matters is when you lay your head down at night to go to bed if you've lived a good quality life and you have good integrity and you have good morals and you have people around you that love you i think that needs to be the goal and if you can figure out some type of employment or some type of um pastime that that helps encompass that i think um that has kind of helped shape me in my latter half of my life you know as i as i approach my midlife crisis here i just turned 40 a couple months ago yeah, dude, i'm with you you know right yeah right at, yeah right at 45 right now and that's but that's yeah. honestly why i'm doing this man dude that is i mean you were spot on with it like i i felt like i spent a couple of years kind of in inner turmoil trying to figure out who the fuck i was and who, who mm-hmm. was i going to be outside of these mm-hmm. other worlds yeah and you know just started kind of not liking anything I was doing. And I mean, it didn't matter whether or not I was good at it. I mean, I think most people, most people are going to listen to this podcast. Most people that are in our worlds, you know, we can be good at whatever we want to be good at. The question is, does it provide us something at a much deeper level? And dude, and that's why I kind of had to just pull pitch earlier this year and say, okay, wipe the slate clean, build the foundation, get on the freaking get on the ball. I've been talking about doing this podcast for like two years mm-hmm. uh, and just putting shit my way around doing it. And, you know, now it's like, this is, I love this, right? Yeah. I mean, I love the opportunity to have conversations like this, you know, because I don't know that we're having enough of them, you know? Sure. I mean, you got two guys that would probably, you know, hop on a plane, go anywhere in the world tomorrow to do whatever anybody asks us to do. 
And we're talking about, you know, the meaning of life, right? Yep. I mean, we're <laughs> break out, break out Victor Frankel's, right? You know, man's mm-hmm. search for meaning. It's like, what the hell? Uh, but I think especially if we've got a younger audience listening, right? Guys that are kind of just getting started into their their pipelines, their worlds, their life. You know, you got yeah. guys that are five years and under in the various services or they're just going to the military or they're considering, yeah. considering that. I mean, do it and do it honorably. Do it, you know, play full out in everything you're doing. Yeah. And know that ahead of time that this, that you've got to be, you got to be in touch with this conversation. Yeah. You have to be in touch with the conversation of what's next. And, yeah, you know, what, what is, what is the, you know, what is the, you know, the long-term investment? And, and regardless of, you know, if I'm talking, you know, we, we, we got a 25 year old, you know, operator, police officer, firefighter, who's just, you know, shit hot right now. And he's physically at the top of his game and he thinks he can be doing this for the next 20 years. You never know what tomorrow is going to hold for you with injuries yeah. or, you know, TBIs or anything like that. You never yeah. know what, you never know what life's going to give you. Um, and I, I, I remember like it was yesterday, I was just talking, you know, to Katie about this earlier today is, you know, I remember there was a point in time when, um, you know, I was the guy who could not jump, who could not wait to jump on a grenade in a room. Um, I was a guy, I almost had a death wish. It's like, I, I would do Hmm. anything to go down in a blaze of glory for my brothers. And (laughs) I was actively almost unhealthily pursuing some type of avenue to do that. Like I just wanted to be the guy who sacrificed myself for, for others so that others may live. And you know what? I mean, that was my, that was my motivating uh, factor, my compass, my engine, my anchor. They got me through three quarters of my pipeline. And then guess what happened? <laughs> I had a daughter. Yeah. And all of that came fucking crashing down yeah like the moment my daughter reached up and grabbed my hand after being alive you know in in this world for five seconds all of my motivation to do that stopped completely changed and i was unprepared for it the things that got me out of bed in the morning were not there anymore all i wanted to do was be this little girl's daddy i didn't want to leave i didn't want to go fight and it was a struggle for me it was a a a huge struggle for me because I was leaving something that I had dedicated, not leaving, but emotionally kind of detaching from something sure. that I had like, you know, dedicated my, you know, my life soul to. Um, so I would, I would, you know, tell the, you know, the 25 year olds who are, you know, just now getting started or even thinking about getting started. Um, just be prepared for that shift and have a plan for what's next, man. Like, and you never know. You, yeah. I mean, the guys listen to this podcast. As soon as you get up in your upper thirties, dude, your body doesn't do the shit, same shit that it used to. So <laughs> you may, you may get pushed out of your career field, whether you like it or not. And you well, need yeah, that, you need yeah. to have I mean, an exit strategy. There, there is some of the totally, there is some of that, you know, man, I mean, that's a really, it's, it's crazy that you brought that up because you and I haven't had a chance to really talk over the last few weeks. And there's been some discovery on my end on things that have been really challenging for me. And matter of fact, I reached out, um, I don't know if you know who Phil McKernan is. He's coming on the show um, here soon. But, you know, I reached out to Phil because I realized there was this thing going on in the background for me, which was mm-hmm. kind of like this half in life, half out of life deal, mm-hmm. because I firmly believed from a very young age that I was going to die some heroic death. Yeah. 
that exact same commitment, that exact same level of operations. And we talked about it a little bit with Elliot Rowe on, on that podcast. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because this is, this is not, you know, this is something that exists and, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately what that caused later, and this is and listen, we're almost out of time from today's episode, but this is where I want to go. This is mm-hmm. on Wednesday. This is the deep dive. I want to explore this because I think this is an underpinning conversation that, that if handled well, if looked at correctly, actually can be very well kind of brought forward, you know, because I don't, I'm still learning because for me, it's caused a lot of doubt in my life. It's got a lot of times where it's like, should I even be here? Should I even be alive? What is my purpose anymore? I was supposed to have this, that didn't happen. Now I'm stuck here, just kind of grinding through, uh, you know, and, and that's come, you know, I had a lot of the similar transitions with you when, when the girls were born, you know, uh, cause I was still out in the world doing stuff at that time. And, uh, you know, but still it kind of came back to haunt me a few years later at times, uh, in a couple of ways. So what I'd love to do is I'd like to leave it on that mark. I mean, I think, I think there's been a lot in this last 30 minutes, just talking about, how to get your A game on. We're going to retouch some of that here later this week. Um, but I want to hop back in and I want to talk about that a little bit deeper. Uh, yeah. On, on Wednesday's episode. Cause I think that is, there's some, there's something there that if we can unlock that for all of us, mm-hmm. it actually, I believe it will make us better at our job today. Yeah. You know, because it there's something there that's kind of keeping us at bay. If you're if your compass, I'm I'm a firm believer that if your compass is directed in a way that you would do anything for the men and women around you, mm-hmm. right? That that if you have a a a path, kind of a true north or a path or an anchor that says, I've chosen this career path and I realize the hazards that come with that and what could happen, and I'm willing. Like I'm willing to go all in and in, in any moment when necessary. There's, there's real power in that and recognizing that you don't have to doesn't take anything away from that. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. So, all right, listen up. Thanks for joining me today on this hard hitting 30 minute Monday morning mindset podcast. I really appreciate it. Mike, thanks for, stopping by uh stick around because we're going to get into this conversation a little bit deeper for the rest of you come back in make sure that you get wednesday's episode mike and i are going to go a little further a little faster with it so thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening to mindset radio if you like today's show want to know more check us out at opmindset.com backslash mindset radio that's opmindset.com backslash mindset radio You'll have all the show notes and bonus materials from today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe and make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure to check out our sponsors and stop by opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org to learn more about how we're mentally, physically, and emotionally preparing those who choose to place themselves in harm's way through the Operational Mindset Foundation. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman, and we'll see you next time on...